So, you know, you get to, you know, travel to all these places and, and go to all these events. How do you, you know, what are some of your favorite venues that you've been to and, you know, some oh, of the, man. some of your favorite athletes that you've seen? Yeah. Um, so I love going to Dubai, right? That like, I can't even That's believe right. I get to say that sentence out loud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've been there. I've been there three times. Holy moly. Um, and it is, it's the kind of place that I don't think I would ever be able to go to on my own. Like I couldn't afford to go to on my own. Um, and the, the culture shock, like the, just the being in that part of the world, I like love the Middle East. It is so cool. I'd never really thought I would say that before. I didn't know what to expect before I went there, but it is the coolest city with the best people. And and I have such a great time at that event every year. And it just, it means a lot to me to be able to go over there for that. So that is really, really cool. Hi, my name is Scott Schweitzer and I am the Clydesdale CrossFitter. My friends, Amy Radowski, Charlie Odie and I, we love the sport of CrossFit. We are 40 plus masters athletes who just love to watch the sport and want to let you know what's going on all the way from the open to the sanctionals to the CrossFit games. We also want to give you interviews with athletes, human interest stories, and things that will help you in your daily grind uh, as a CrossFit athlete. We also want to share our own struggles through our workouts, our nutrition plans, all the way to getting healthy and fit uh, for our family and friends. If you like what you hear, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and please consider giving us a five-star rating. And now, off to this week's episode of the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. Hey everyone, welcome to the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are live in our home gym today at Shred CrossFit in Dublin, Ohio. So I have with me my normal cast and crew, uh, Amy Radowski. Hey there. And Charlie Odie. What up, though? We are uh, a cup. Well, I guess I'm just the only one that finished a workout just now. <laughs> That's right. And barely catching my breath. So that reminds me of what's going on with the training weeks this week. Who wants to go first? Amy. Uh my training week's been going well so far. Um, over this past weekend, I got to spend some time out um, in nature. And so I was got to spend all Saturday doing my favorite thing. And um, I spent about six and a half hours hiking um, with some people here from the gym, but also my favorite dog in the world, Murph. So you got to use your fitness outside. I got to use my fitness outside. Good job by you. Thank and, you. And are you nice and recovered from the half marathon or still feeling some effects? I would say I'm mostly covered from the half marathon, although I just did 150 air squats to the, in today's workout plus some barbell front squats. So my legs feel pretty heavy right now, and I can't determine if that's just from the workout. Uh, as a Clydesdale, my legs always feel heavy. <laughs> Charlie, what's up? Um, finally made it to a Saturday workout. Our uh, our children allowed us to, um, you know, get up early and make it to that early morning ten o'clock uh, workout. Um, got to work out with the um, as a team team workout, so that was that was good. It's always fun to to dabble in the the team type of exercises makes you push a little harder so were you teamed up with other masters or were i was not um, um i was uh teamed up with the attorneys of nate and nate so it was uh guys who were in their 20s yeah yeah so that's that's always a fun time yeah i'm better than them so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh so my training week uh, i feel like i'm starting to get into that role of consistency getting to the gym um, I would give my nutrition an A minus for the week. Good. Um, okay. It, my plan was to have one cheat meal on Friday night. Um, I did. I did that up well. Okay. Um, and then uh, my daughter called with an emergency. Uh, she had to be picked up from OU, and we had to take her back. And with that came some time crunch stuff. Uh, and so Sunday night, I ate what was not a nutritious meal okay. made by the king uh, on a trip to Athens really uh, quick. The burger. Yeah. King. 
Um, but let's just make sure that we clarify that everything is okay with your daughter. Yes. Yeah, everything physically, is everything's fine. fine. Yes. Yes. And she's back at school and everything's good. Uh, back in classes and uh, feeling much better than she was at the beginning of the weekend. So good. I'm glad that she had you guys that could help her get through that. So, so we're going to start today's podcast uh, looking at the sanctional from over the weekend, uh, strength and depth. Uh, uh, it's a sanctional that happens in the UK, um, and they streamed live, uh, pretty, pretty easy to find, yep. I would say. Yep. Um, they had it on the game site that it on YouTube, uh, the website had a, a stream, um, and really gosh, it was like the UK CrossFit games. Cause the crowd came out for that. Yep. Uh, and every athlete coming off the floor just raved about how the crowd was. And it looked like a huge facility, too, that they were in. Like, it looked done up really well. Oh, and there were times they were going 18 wide. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, the floor was mammoth. Um, they were sold out every day. Uh, every event, every uh, day of the entire event was sold out. Um, so, because of what was happening this weekend for me, I, I did see probably 90% of it uh, just after the fact. Um, I know Amy was out in nature and it's hard to watch TV hanging from a tree. I definitely unplugged during the weekend, but I caught up when I got, um, I didn't totally catch up, but I was able to go back and watch some of the previously streamed stuff. So, so Charlie, how much of it did you get to see and what what were your thoughts? I completely ignored my children and watched (laughs) most of it the entire time. So, and um, we'll address that on my parenting podcast sometime. (laughs) Um, I get an A plus there because no one died. So we're good. Um, But yeah, I got to to watch a lot of the events um, as they were happening. And um, like you said, it was it was pretty well put together. Um, The 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 broadcast team was um, uh, they were decent. I mean, they were they were it. They were seems like they were they were getting their feet wet early. there was one point where um, we'll talk about who got their ticket to the game, but his training partner was on the uh, broadcast with him. So you could tell he was kind of holding back his emotions to try to uh, not outwardly cheer for him and try to be more professional in that way, but which is tough. So, so, so my thoughts on the broadcast, since you brought that up, uh, it was the same people who did filthy one fifty, the mm-hmm. same crew that did the production, the host was different because who's the guy? I think Mags is that what they call him? Yeah, Mags did Filthy One Fifty, and he's like CrossFit OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a new guy doing the announcing this time, and I thought he was okay. I thought above average. I felt like they had they had special guests in the in the in the booth a lot of times, which was really cool. Yep. But he kept cutting them off, yeah. and and they were experts in the field, and he was just kind of feeling his way. And he's cutting off the expert. Yeah, he'd have Henshaw in there talking about you know different things that are happening, and he he'd cut him off. Or Pancheck was in there at some at one point, you know, kind of talking about how they would attack the exercise, and he, you know, yeah. But my, I think they got a little better from like the production side. Because my complaint at the Filthy 150 was you had like the two angles. You had the the corner angle, Mm -hmm. and then you had one close up of like one lane. Right. I think they now had like two, maybe three close-up cameras, mm-hmm. um, which made it a tiny bit better. Still not to where like Mayhem was the week before, the couple weeks before, or a regionals broadcast, but much better than they were at yeah. the Filthy One Fifty. You could kind of tell there was there was several times where he would say, "Hey, can we like on air saying, can we take a look at Lane Four because this guy's here, or can you can you pan over to Lane Six and you know where." on rogue or something you that just kind of automatically happens in the background and you don't hear that so yes yeah, so what did you think of the events um i liked them i think it was there's a lot of crossfitty events in there um i think one of the things that i i liked that was seemed a little bit different was the some of the weights they used were more manageable weights in terms of regular us regular normal crossfitters could actually do the workout in the same fashion and kind of compare ourselves. Um, 
you know, it's one point where the the wall balls were fourteen for women and twenty for men, and it was, you know, that's a weight that we tip. They don't typically do that anymore because they're working out with thirties and twenties. Yeah. Um, you know, it was just nice to see something that we can compare ourselves. Yeah, there's to. there are workouts that we could repeat here in the gym, and then kind of just maybe measure ourselves up against some of these elite athletes, similar to the open, right? Yep. Yep. I like the standard. Um, I would like to try the standard at some point. Maybe in our forty plus club, we'll do that. But okay, you got to get those I, muscle ups. I, I might, I might have to join you for that and do like uh, all the muscle ups. All the muscle ups. Okay, that was my favorite event. Watching that one with the muscle ups. Like, and even then, um, you know, the individual ones were sweet. Just kind of watching how they were pacing that, and then when they would break up their muscle ups, and but then it was super cool to watch the team. Um, and to see them do synchronized muscle ups because that's an impossible task to do a muscle up in my opinion, clearly. Um, but then to synchronize that at the top, I thought was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do want to make a comment on a couple of the events, uh, the run, the six K I like the way they did that on, uh, the docks of the Thames. Yep. Um, they did it as two, three thousands. Basically you did a loop twice. It was easy to watch. You weren't confused as to who was in the lead. Um, and you kind of got a sense as to who was doing really well. I thought they did a great job with that. And then I, the rowing on the water was kind of fun to watch. Now you had no clue who was in the lead cause there was no clock. It was just kind of one boat went at a time, um, as like a time trial type thing, but you could definitely tell who was better at rowing than who, than others really quick, just by how fluid they were across the water. Um, and then the other the other event that really stood out to me was the team sprint where they did um, it was the sandbag cleans and they had to, and they would like move it one block and then go back and tag the other two. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what was before. What was it the bike? No, uh, I can't remember. But man, it was just it was so fast and so furious. Was it the ski yard one. I don't remember now, but they had to, they had to do the, the sandbag clean sink road uh, and then roll to the next thing and then go back tag and boom, boom, boom. And it just was like this really fast paced, super fun to watch event. Um, and I like the standard too. That's always because, you know, we all can do Grace. Most of us can do Isabel. Um, it's just n- none of us can do a muscle. Well, Charlie can do muscle ups. Um, so that was pretty cool too. Um, so overall, I, I like the. I thought the programming was pretty good. There was nothing yep. outrageous um, or anything like that. And they did throw in that heavy clean on the last event, yeah. uh, where some people could not hit the last barbell because right. uh, it kept increasing as they rolled mm-hmm. it down. Um, so, any other comments, Charlie, from the weekend? No, I mean I think it was it was a good event. Um, I think it was it was fun to see. Some of, again, some of the other athletes who weren't competing there cheering on. Um, you know, Tia was there for Matt, and it was it was funny to see some of the behind the scenes stuff of her like actually cheering as if um, like she was feeling the anxiety probably more than she does for herself just because she doesn't have that control. She does. I mean, she's yelling at him to go faster, and not that he would needed any help because he was lapping the field as usual. But um, but it was fun to see. Yeah, I, I haven't got to see much of the behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, that's probably where I didn't get caught up after the weekend, so that's on my agenda for this week to kind of look through that. Any other final thoughts on that, Amy? No, I mean, I thought it was you know also fun to watch because it was Fraser's birthday and, you know, um, crushed it. Um, and so it, it's still awesome to watch. I mean, he's an amazing athlete, and... Um, and it was, like you said, cool to watch Tia, you know, and I saw some behind the scenes with uh, Tia and, um, Sammy mm-hmm. together, you know, watching it with that. And, um, I just, I just love that, uh, kind of family atmosphere that is, is along with CrossFit. So let's go and talk about the winners. Uh, as Charlie kind of alluded to, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Fraser pretty much lapped the field. I think he won by over a hundred points. Yep. Yep. Um, and there was there was really no doubt about it. Yeah, he beginning to end, uh, pretty much dominant. I think he finished fourth in the run, mm-hmm. and then took the lead after the second yeah. event or something. Yeah. And, right. then, and then there was no turning back. And he actually rode really well on the water. Yeah, uh, so he did really well there. 
Um, second place was David Sharunky. Sharunky. And he did not have a ticket to the game. So so he does now. He does. And I love the, the announcer saying that it, he got his chocolate bar and right. found the golden <laughs> ticket. Yep. <laughs> Another UK are going. Yeah. Uh, so he actually got the golden ticket and did really well. Uh, there were times he tried to hang with Frazier. Uh, didn't last very long, but he, he, he gave it a shot a couple times. And then third is a prior games podium member mm-hmm. uh, was Lucas Hogberg. And he does not have a ticket to the game. Does he not. he tried to he did not do the open because he said he's a better in competition athlete than he is an online athlete, uh, and he missed his first shot. And and between um, him and David, they were only about thirteen points apart, so it was pretty close. Oh, it came down to that last event. It, it was tight between those two, and there there was a third one that was back and forth. I can't remember the name. He was another. A uh, British person, I believe. Yeah. Bronus Law Olin. Oh. Olin. Kowask. He's going to be know. your leftist. You're going to say it the rest of the time. I want to learn it. It's Bronislav, and I can't remember. They always call him Bron. Yeah. He is like known as one of the strongest guys in CrossFit. He Olin does freak. Olin Kowitz, maybe? I, I'll get back to you. It's Bronislav. I know that much. Okay, great. Um, he, he was fourth. He doesn't have a ticket to the games. He won strength and depth last year. Okay. Um, and he has freakish videos on Instagram. Mm -hmm. So if you look him up, you will see stuff you cannot believe, um, of feats of strength that are unreal. So then we go to, uh, let's go to the teams. Um, that race was a lot closer than I think people imagined. And I think it was because the first. mayhem can't run. <laughs> right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> they have one Achilles heel mm-hmm. and it is running. And every time I think about with Rich and running, I think about the one CrossFit games where he actually Triple stopped three. running in the middle of the 5K yeah. um, and was walking. Everybody was like, what? Rich walking? So on the team side... The all four had to run the first 3,000, and then you got to pick two people to do the last 3,000. And with Rich's knee, I was surprised that he ran the last 3,000. Because mm-hmm. um, th- I've always thought China was a fairly good runner. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, I know she's a good swimmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Scott and Rich ran the last 3,000, and they, they finished like eighth. Yeah. And what's, what's difficult is when you finish eighth at a sanctional, there's not enough teams and not enough move to you make can only movement. gain a couple points an event. And so they, they were not in first for a long time right. in this competition, uh, but they did end up pulling it out. Well, they won every event after that. So that helps. <laughs> it does. Uh, no, they didn't. They lost the last event. They came in second. The, la- the very last event, the very last event. Uh, but it wasn't to the second place team. Right. Uh, and the second place team was Team Wade, spelled like the <laughs> whey protein. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the two people of note on that team were Mikey Smith and Emma McQuaid, who are former games at, or I think Emma's already they both have qualified, maybe. Yes. Uh, as individual athletes mm-hmm. for this year. Uh, and a- Emma's fit. Um, those girls are really fit on that team. Yeah. And they actually gave Mayhem a little bit of a run. They were right behind him a lot they of times. They were only 28 points behind them. Right. Now, most of that was because of the run. Yeah. Uh, and then they finished like second to them on most of the events. But it wasn't like Mayhem was a minute ahead of them like in past events. Uh, they were real, yeah. real close. Yeah. Um, so I think that was good for Mayhem to have a little bit of a push. Uh, and see what their new member was going to do in those situations and to work through that. Uh, so Mayhem punches their ticket. Um, everybody thought they would. Uh, it just was a little closer than most imagined. But they will be back at the games to defend their title. So that's pretty fun. Yeah. And then we'll go to the women because there's a lot of stories here. So let's start in third and we'll, we'll work our way up. So third was Haley Adams. Mayhem. Um, Mayhem. She is just turned 19 and she is performing at a level uh, of a veteran. Yes. Yeah. Uh, her, her run was really good. Uh, her standard 
she won. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as some of the weights got a little bit heavier, you could see her kind of fall off a little bit, but not like dramatically just to like third and fourth instead right. of first or second. Um, any thoughts on Haley? I loved watching her. And, um, I think it was Laura Horvath on the, the muscle up, um, one, because they were, um, you know, one would knock out a few more reps on the muscle ups and then come down and break. And then the other one would hop up and, and so they were pretty close back and forth there on that. And that was just fun to watch. I thought. I know, I know Charlie texted me, uh, when the standard was done and just talking about how fit Haley was. Yes. Yeah. Um, and you can tell she's just taken another level since being at the games and then continue to, to work with, you know, probably Tia and, and definitely with the mayhem team. Well, and I believe she's living with the Hinshaws. Correct. So well, she's in a dorm now. Cause she's, oh, on, yeah. Uh, but she was living with them for a while. And yes. I know that Hinshaw is, coaching her uh, on that aerobic capacity, which showed up big Mm -hmm. time in this, in this event. Uh, So second was Gabrielle Magala. Mm -hmm. And she was, she's a young buck too. I think young twenties. Yep. um, And came on the scene last year at the games, I believe and maybe won an event. Don't recall, but. But she she did well last year. I don't think she made she did not make the, the top ten. No. Um, but she was uh, she made a few cuts uh, and did pretty well. And she looked she looked good in this event against some pretty good competition. Um, so she's a name to watch. I think going forward uh, into this year's games. And so then we move up to the first place competitor and. It was Laura Horvath. Uh, And what is good about that is she has not finished a competition since the games in 2018. Every sanctional she's been in since then, she's had to, um, she either didn't meet the minimum standard on something Mm -hmm. or she had to retire early before the end of the event. So it was good to see her not only finish a sanctional, but be competitive yeah. with a, with a good field. Yeah. 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 She, um, you know, she commented that she changed her training up a little bit. Um, still a little upset about getting cut from the, uh, the games. So, um, and I think, you know, having, like you said, Haley there, um, some of the other guys, girls who are there that, uh, really gave her a good look of where she's at. Is she still training with Michelle Atondra? I, I believe I she believe is. So, okay. yes. Um, and, you know, we talked about this, that she looked a little thicker. Uh, I don't think she did. But the one question still is out there because one event that wasn't one movement that was not in this sanctional was a handstand, handstand push up. So yep. but the race with her and was it her and Magala? where they had to dive across the finish line. Oh, yeah. Like, she gave everything she had to win that. Yeah, she wanted this competition. Yeah. Yeah. And it it showed that side of her again, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of like you have all these young guns, because Laura's not old either. Like, two two years ago, she came on at the games. Nobody knew who she was, and she finished a second. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and then she has a bad season. Everybody's, like, writing her off. Yeah. And she's she's a young buck, too, so who who knows what's going to happen uh, come come this season. And then the the powers teen was in the in the event and uh, you know did well. She didn't wasn't too high, but still as a sixteen year old competing with real competition, she did pretty well. And then finally at strength and depth, we need to talk about who punched the ticket. Yep. So Charlie, who punched that ticket? Kelsey Keel. Chelsea. Kelsey. 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 Yeah. Uh, former team athlete in the games last year yeah she's uh, been on two different teams yep. uh at the games last year was invictus boston mm-hmm. uh i like her a lot yeah uh she's one of my favorite crossfitters i love uh her attitude and she's always joking around and laughing and having a good time and uh i've really found myself rooting hard for her to get that ticket one of the taller athletes on the female side so and she's strong real strong yeah and I just have to note that this is what I love about her um, on her Instagram page, that her little quote underneath an athlete just says, just be a nice person. 
And that just reminds me of uh, my family motto at home, which is don't be a dick. <laughs> and so this is just a little more positive spin on that. Just be a nice person. Don't be a dick. The bad. Yeah. The bad. Don't be a dick. So, yeah, I was really excited about that and glad that she punched her ticket to the games. And so that wraps up our strength and depth portion of this podcast. And right now we are going to go, go to a special guest uh, on our phone line and we're going to talk to Nikki Brazier. So how are you doing, Nikki? Oh, no complaints. You know, just uh, <laughs> just trying not to. I'm sore. I'm really sore from this past weekend. Uh did like a like a speed clean ladder at the at the gym I go to to celebrate our one year anniversary and um yeah I'm feeling like I'm in my 30s and I'm crossfitting <laughs> so uh, I, I saw on your Instagram that you won that event I know that like never happens you guys like I'm a very <laughs> I'm a very casual exerciser I don't I talk a lot about the fitness but I don't always do the fitness so that was that was fun. I did not expect that at all. Not even a little. Well, so we are um, we call ourselves the forty plus club. Uh, uh, so we're so we're like masters type athletes. And right. uh, actually, I just hit the big five zero a couple weeks ago. Ooh, congrats! <laughs> so yeah, we just finished a workout. Well, I just finished a workout here. Uh, the others worked out earlier today, but um, so we're a little tired, and I finally caught my breath. So nice. I want to learn more about you. Oh, okay. Uh, so you have been the sideline reporter for the CrossFit Games since 2013, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's been a while now. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think Amy has a question about that. Oh, so how did you get into CrossFit? I mean, just for yourself doing it, not necessarily um, reporting, but how did you come to find a CrossFit? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's funny. I had a girlfriend when I was in college who had tried it out and it was still very new back then. Um, and I, I went to a class or two with her and it just wasn't really conducive to like my college lifestyle. So it was like a fun, oh, that was cool. And then and then we moved on from there. And then after college, I went, I went to school for broadcast journalism and I moved to Bangor, Maine to start my journalism career as a TV news reporter. And it's kind of the, the thing where you get a job in a small town and you work for a couple of years and you gain experience and you go somewhere bigger and then somewhere bigger until you're in a big city or, or you get out of the biz completely like I did. <laughs> um, but when I was in Bangor, I knew a girl who, she was like one of the only female firefighters in the department and she was opening this CrossFit gym and I did a story on it for the local news because when you live in a small town, like a new business in downtown <laughs> is big news for everyone. Um, and when she opened it and I did the story on it, I thought, well, this sounds really cool. I think I, you know, I've tried it like once a few years ago, but I want to give it a shot again. So um, I signed up with my husband, who was then my boyfriend, and we sort of never looked back. And, and it had such an incredible positive impact on our lives, like almost instantly, that I quickly fell into coaching, honestly, only because I wanted to like spread the gospel of CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Just like, yeah, I was like, this worked so well for me. I can't believe how good I feel. I can't believe the changes in my body that I'm seeing. Um, and I just, I only wanted to coach on ramp because I, I wanted to tell as many people as possible, like, if I can do it, anyone can do it because I just really wasn't into lifting weights or going to the gym. I'm going to force myself to go to the gym to like run for 20 minutes, right. do like 20 minutes of upper and 20 minutes of leg press and like, Hop I hated on the it. elliptical. I hated everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like how many magazines can I read on? The... It was awful. So how so many, I, I loved it. So yeah. how many classes do you, are, are you still coaching currently now? Oh yeah. So I've been coaching. So we started in 2011. Uh, and I've been coaching since 2012, um, just a couple classes a week. I do have a full-time job, even outside of uh, CrossFit media. I have an actual, what I call a big girl job. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to balance any more than that, but I still do a, just a couple classes a week. Nice. Well, speaking of big girl job, uh, I looked at your profile on your website. My mm -hmm. goodness, what don't you do? Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, these days to be in media, you kind of have to be a little bit of a jack of all trades, right? When I um, when I started as a journalist, I was an MMJ, a multimedia journalist. So I was my own videographer and editor. Like I never really had a, a cameraman or woman camera person uh, who followed me around often. And I hated it at the time because it's just too many great young journalists burn out because we're asking way too much of them. 
but it did teach me a lot of very transferable skills for later on in life. So especially now that, you know, not every sanctioned event can afford a live stream and I can't always be on the sidelines asking questions after the events and things, I've had to flex those skills to say like, well, I, I, I can shoot my own video and I can do all the editing and I can do some social media stuff for you. And so it all, it all kind of worked out in the end, but there were definitely many years at the bottom of the totem pole, carrying all the gear and the tripods and the cameras and making like 20 grand a year. And <laughs> it, was, it was rough for a minute there. Yeah. And so you, you actually work for an ad agency. Is that the big girl job? That is the big girl job. Yep. I work in marketing full time. And so how did you get into marketing? You know, it's funny when, when I left news, it was a real scary leap because I had gone to school for broadcast journalism and, you know, I had been working like 50 hours a week trying to get, trying to get this done, trying to make a name for myself in, in journalism. And I really wanted to make a positive impact on the world. I know it's like such a stupid Miss America answer. Like I got into journalism so that I could be a political watchdog or be embedded with the troops to tell people what's really happening overseas or like that's what i wanted to do and I, I i ran into so many roadblocks that i just absolutely burned out so when i left news i was looking for something else i could use communications for which sounds so fluffy right like my husband is a pharmacist and he thinks that communications is a fluff major and i would like smack him whenever he's like that. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people like cannot communicate or cannot put together storylines, cannot like, you know, get that kind of content together. So um, I, I took a leap of faith. I left news without anything else lined up, which I don't recommend, but it was just, it was my time. And I actually, for a minute, took a, a marketing job with Again Faster. Do you guys remember Again Faster? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they're not really, they don't operate the same way. They were bought out and, and a lot of things changed. But for a minute, I was doing some cool marketing and storytelling with them. I was their like brand girls. <laughs> like, if you like go on their YouTube, you can still find videos of me like being like, this is how you clean your barbell. <laughs> like, this is how you pick a jump rope. And I had like puppy cheeks and dark hair and it was a different time. Right. Um, but it was, it was, so that was my first step. So I had that marketing gig for a few months and then. Uh, like I said, they got bought out and a lot of things changed over there. So I was able to parlay all of the news and storytelling and project management type of uh, background that I had with the the time I had it again faster to Nail Communications, which is my current agency, which is so awesome. And I'm glad they took me on. And it was definitely a learning curve, but the communications foundation was super helpful. So do you have then a pretty flexible work schedule so that you're able to travel um, to, to visit these sanctionals? Yeah, I get that question a lot. You know, Nail's really cool. I, I sort of went into the job. Uh, I've been there almost over four years, coming up on five years. Um, I went into that job being like, hey, at the time it was just regionals and games. I'm like I have this thing, this freelance gig that I do a few times a year and it's really important to me. So they knew from the get-go that that was the kind of thing that I... I still wanted to be able to do. Um, and I spend a lot of early mornings and late nights at sanctionals answering emails and working on my actual job okay. um, just to make sure that I don't drop the ball because they're pretty cool with me traveling and I'm pretty cool with making sure that everything gets done. So it's it's always tough to travel and, and do the gigs because you, you want to be fully immersed and then you guys know because you've you've been on the volunteer staff and you've helped out like the people you work with are so awesome and you don't see them very often especially on the media side so we want to like hang out and go out for dinner and drink late and talk and paint each other's toenails and whatever yeah. through the night and i usually have to do that for a while and then like you know get back in bed and, and open my laptop and do my actual job so it's a lot right now but somehow I haven't dropped the ball yet. So knock on wood that I can keep just kind of maintaining. Well, that's why I love volunteering is all the different colors of toenail polish uh, that I <laughs> oh, get yes, at the sectionals. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can tell that you love uh, the marketing um, aspect of, of your job because yeah. when I met you at, at the Mayhem Classic and told you about my podcast, you gave me all this amazing advice about uh, how to push it out, how to change, get a logo, um, yeah. you know, what the, what a micro and macro influencer was. And, totally. And <clears throat> so, you know, you could see the, the, the passion behind what, what you're doing. 
it's fun. It's fun now, especially because there's so many ways to run with it. Right. And, and it's, it's complicated. Like, yeah, you know, Facebook and Instagram are self-serve platforms, but I mean, it's, it's my full-time job and my, I have a team behind me who knows how to manage that kind of thing. So when someone starts asking questions, I'm kind of like, Oh, I know all these things. Like you can do it too. It's going to be great. And like, I'm very much like a rising tide lifts all boats kind of person. Like, let's all do it. Let's all get on your podcast. You get on my podcast. And we'll just, it's going to be really fun. <laughs> That's kind of me, and I do that a lot for everything <laughs> in my life. Yeah, and you bring a lot of energy to it, too, and, yeah. and you're so so giving, and it was obvious that day. Yeah. And so um, you, you will always be one of my favorite people now after the way you treated me oh, at that. Come on. at that. Um, Thank you. That is so nice. I really appreciate that. Oh. And so I, I have a couple other questions. Um, back to the sideline reporting. So totally. you were a freelancer. You were not a part of HQ. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So I was uh, not a part of the Great Purge, as I like to call it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and so I actually uh, was listening to one of your podcasts, and you talk about the Great Purge and and the, what happened to regionals and now the sanctionals. So what what is your feeling as to are we in a better place today with the sanctionals, or did you prefer the regional format? No, that's a good question. We were just talking about this the other day. Um, I was talking to, to my best friend, Logan, who's a, an MC, and we used to do regionals and games together. It's tough because when the whole thing first went down, it was like earth shattering. You know, we had one way of doing things and we were just starting to get really good at it. And the people who worked for HQ who lost their jobs, they poured their hearts and souls into it. You know, Sean and Tommy and, and Roe and the people behind the scenes, Mike Roth and Charlie Doobie. So we had really just gotten to a point where we had this well-oiled machine and we knew what we were doing and we were hitting our stride. So to hit the brakes on that was really heartbreaking. And then to have everyone lose their jobs, I mean, again, I wasn't personally affected because I was, you know, a freelancer and I still had a full-time job, but I was affected in that you know, Sean was the one who used to hire me and he no longer had a job and he no longer could could bring us all on and then disperse us amongst all the regions and, and everything changed for everyone. That and, and my friends lost their jobs and that was really emotional for me and I really didn't like that. Um, that being said, like it opened up a whole new wave of opportunities for everyone, right? Because now look at how many events there are and how you could travel the world and how you can really find a niche. Or for me, like I've expanded my work beyond just sideline. Now I get to do like video and editing and other things that I really, really love. Um, and I get a, a greater presence on social media, which I really like to do too. So it's tough because there's a nostalgia about the way things were and there's the process in which it all happened that really hurt a lot of people, which was a bummer. But now, you know, that we've, we're starting to hit our stride here in sanctionals, it feels a lot more like there's room for opportunity. There's room to grow. There's room to dip your toe in the water and other things that maybe you couldn't do before that you can do now. And I'm not sure whether or not the season will stay this large. You know, 28 or 27 events, that's a lot. Um, and I don't know how, how much that will last or, you know, how big sanctionals will be in 10 years from now. Or do we move toward a more conglomerated type of thing now that Loud and Live is like buying all these events? I have no idea. Right now, I think we're in a good place. Like everyone has a good foothold. You know, the people I care about who work in media seem to have found their place in the sun and, and everyone's kind of doing well. And that's really important to me. Um, it's a little more work on our end because like I have to personally reach out to a bunch of events and be like, hey, I, I, I'm Nikki. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you know me or if you are doing media or if you have ruined your budget or what it is. But like if you want to chat, just let me know. Um and a lot of things have worked out that way. So it's been really cool, but it's definitely, it's more work on all of us individually because there's no one entity that's hiring us, organizing us, doing all that stuff. That just seems crazy to me because you are such a well-known commodity. No, oh, not really. I mean, like, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. Not really. And, and you'd be surprised like how many 
sanctionals are just getting off the ground this year and have really small budgets and are mainly volunteer based and you guys know how much work you guys do behind the scenes like you know if, if, if it's your first year as an event media might be way off in the distance in terms of the things that you're looking to plan or you might just have someone who's like i know how to post on instagram and that's enough um but we're trying to make a system that people can rely on for information. And so ideally, eventually there will be, you know, a great big group of us who travel as a, as a little media squad who can make sure that if you can afford a live stream, we can do your live stream. If you can't, you know, what, what kind of storytelling are we doing on your social channels? Do you have a YouTube? Do you have an Instagram? Do, are we putting money behind these things so that they're being pushed out as boosted posts or you have a graphics package that we can use? I mean, it gets really complicated and kind of nitty gritty. But um, I would love to see more sanctionals open to the opportunity in the future because, you know, we really love what we do and we just we don't want it to die. You know what I mean? We're, we're willing to travel around the world and take time off of our day jobs and our lives. And my husband is like, you're traveling to how many sanctionals? <laughs> um, but but we're willing to do it because we all love this thing and we just we really want it to do well. We really don't want it to die. We talk about it creating a lot of opportunities and so mm-hmm. you're now you're now writing and doing interviews for the morning chalk up. Yeah. And so that's an opportunity that came from this. And now and you have a podcast, Make Pods right. Great Again. <laughs> right. Which um, like who listens to us talk about nothing? <laughs> I actually I um you know, since I met you, I actually found that podcast. It's really entertaining. Oh, um, thank you. you like John that. is hilarious. He's so funny. And I'm totally writing his funny coattails. <laughs> <laughs> And so these opportunities came up for you. And now you're talking about maybe a, a small media group that goes out. Like your job with the morning chalk up, do they allow you to do both in the same weekend? Is that something you can do? Or are you too committed to one or the other? Yeah, you know, it hasn't come up yet. But I feel like if it did, it would probably be fine only because um, the timing works out. Right. So like if if there's a live stream and I get the opportunity to do sideline, which is my favorite thing, it's really only uh, a few minutes here and there right when the events end. So my my recent reporting that I did with Morning Chalk Up at the Mayhem Classic was more uh, long form storylines, interview, like sit down interviews with athletes, wrap ups throughout the entire day that you kind of like can't even do until everything is done. So it kind of would work uh, timing wise. And I guess we'll just see how it shakes out. It kind of happened for me last year at games that way, because I went out to games originally with CrossFit Invictus because they wanted a social media presence. And I was sort of taking over their Instagram and helping their sponsors and sort of documenting their athletes throughout the entire weekend. And last minute we found out there was also going to be sideline on the, on the world stream, right? That's what we called it. The world. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. The world feed, that's what it was, sorry. Um, and and they, they only called me a couple of weeks before the event. So I was able to do both just because timing worked out. But holy moly, that was, <laughs> that was so much work. <laughs> that was like my busiest week at games ever since ever since we first started. So it was it was a lot. Yeah. I, I, I volunteered once at the games and it was crazy. I was there at 5 a.m. and left at like 10 Oof. o'clock at night. No. What team were you on? So I was there in 17. And you remember those big hay bale things that they had to go up over? Uh-huh. Totally. I, I built those Oh my with, God. with about 20 other people. And nice. Dave changed the placement twice after we got him in. That sounds right. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah. Oh. yeah, that's funny. We called them um, Hales of Bay like, a thousand <laughs> times on the broadcast. I can't tell you what I called them on our podcast. <laughs> of course, of course. We, won't, we don't go there. Can we swear on this podcast? I should have asked before we started. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> so, you, you know, you get to, you know, travel all these places and, and go to all these events. How do you, you know, what are some of your favorite venues that you've been to and, you know, oh, some of the, man. some of your favorite athletes that you've seen? Yeah. Um, so I love going to Dubai, right? That like, I can't even That's believe right. I get to say that sentence out loud. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I've been there. 
I've been there three times. Holy moly. Um, and it is, it's the kind of place that I don't think I would ever be able to go to on my own. Like I couldn't afford to go to on my own. Um, and the, the culture shock, like the, just the being in that part of the world, I like love the Middle East. It is so cool. I'd never really thought I would say that before. I didn't know what to expect before I went there, but it is the coolest city with the best people. And, and I have such a great time at that event every year. And it just, it means a lot to me to be able to go over there for that. So that is really, really cool. Did you get to uh, sit on the gold toilet that's, that was in the uh, the big hotel there? No, I didn't have a gold toilet, but I did have like a bathtub that could fit like six people in it. <laughs> Understand? You want to go for a casual swim in your tub? Yeah, what? right. Isn't isn't that though where you were interviewed and you pissed off a whole country? Oh my god, a hundred percent. What the hell? How <laughs> <laughs> is that still a thing? Oh my god, that was the stupidest thing ever. So I was in Craig Ritchie's vlog, which they're wonderful. They're amazing humans and what they're doing is so so much fun and he it was funny because craig like uh you know he's from europe so he has no idea like what is canada versus the u.s and like told me he thought i was canadian and i was like very jokingly mad at him i was like oh, i'm so offended i can't believe you would think i was canadian like it was just a joke but apparently all of canada hates me now so that's fun um, I- yeah, I saw you talking about that on on your podcast, and it just yeah. cracked me up. It's still happening. Like someone last weekend like tagged me in a post where they were like, "Oh, I'm really glad you don't have like at reporter Nicole at this event." Like, bro, <laughs> you tagged me. I can see you. Like, what? What was the point of the? <laughs> Whatever. You know what? Yeah, you have those people, and we all know that. Um, and and I believe the end of the story is he said. Um, stop racism yeah he was like because <laughs> at first i was like wow someone just really doesn't like me but which is fine like not everyone has to like me but like don't tag me in the comment i'm gonna know you don't like me whatever and then and then i don't know some a couple random people which like thank you internet so much came to my defense i was like bro that's rude what the hell and um he was like well you should watch the craig Ritchie video she did because she hates canada <laughs> hashtag stop racism I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry. Have, have, have any of the Canadian athletes talked to you about it? Like just laughed about it or? No, I mean, literally no one has brought it up probably because nobody cares. Because <laughs> it was like a joke in a vlog and we've all done a million things. I don't know. I'm glad we could get that And then back it was like, you clearly you. weren't joking. You clearly were serious. And I was like, well, thanks to the internet for telling me how I really feel. Like, <laughs> Well, the general manager at our gym is Canadian. Well, and, tell him that I and, hate Tim Hortons and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, I lived in northern Maine. Like, that's basically Canada. Pretty much. <laughs> so I, I believe Charlie also asked, did you, do you have, like, a favorite athlete that comes up to you? Like, at the end of an event, is there someone you look forward to speaking with more than, than others? Not that the, anybody's bad. I mean, in the CrossFit community, everybody's been super nice. Actually, that's very true. I've never, I've never had a like a bad interaction with an athlete, honestly. And we've been doing this for a long time. For a while, everyone had been very shy and standoffish because, I mean, think about it. When we first started, people just got good at working out. You know, like yeah. they weren't professional athletes. Like Ben Smith started in his garage. So like starting to do all the things that go along with being a professional athlete, like doing media, like signing autographs, like doing post event interviews was just weird to people. And they didn't know how to handle it. And they were strange and nervous. Awkward. And awkward. Yeah. And, and, and I think that that is where my background in being a TV news reporter really helped because I, I have learned a skill set that helps me make others comfortable in front of the camera and make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm acting in a way that, that puts them at ease and, and all that stuff is really important. So it got a lot better, but even when people were awkward as hell, like nobody sucked, which is so cool. What other professional sport can say that honestly? Well, and I guess typically you're interviewing them after they've won an event, right? So they're probably going to be in a pretty good mood. Yeah. <laughs> yes and no. I mean, <laughs> 
unfortunately, there's some oftentimes a good story and when someone totally fucked up. So right. we do a little bit of that too. Um, and, and nowadays they're very gracious, which is cool. And I appreciate that. But no, in terms of like my, my favorite people, I don't really know. I mean, I'm supposed to be totally fair and impartial, right? I like everyone equally. Right. Um, <laughs> But no, I mean, there's there's definitely some people who have become friends over the years and that I cherish a lot um, because, you know, we don't, you know, if you're if you're a professional athlete and you're at an event, you could be totally dialed in and your your head could be you could have blinders on and not pay attention to other people. And that and that, who could blame you? It's your job. It's your career. It's how you put food on the table. Um but the people who have become friends over the years, I cherish a lot. Um, and I think of like Danny Spiegel, who's like the, the sweetest girl in the world and like just feels like someone who I could have like got, grown up with and hung out with and been my sister. Um, and Steph Chung, who I get to spend a lot more time with now because she's back in Boston. Like those people mean a lot to me. I can like text them to say, hey, what's up? And, and just be another girlfriend and another person who knows what I like to do with my spare time, which is lift weights in the gym. So that's pretty cool. I like that stuff. Gotcha. So yeah. then let me, let me ask you uh, kind of this way. Is there someone that you have not been able to interview yet who you are looking forward to interview or wish you could interview? Ooh, what a great question. You guys, no one has ever asked me that. <laughs> huh, someone I haven't spoken to. I feel like I know everyone at this point. I don't know. I mean, the, the first thing that I can think of is like, there's a whole bunch of national champions that I didn't have a chance to meet at games and their stories are wild like where they came from and what they had to do to get good at this and the people who like make their own barbells and like you think it's funny when gyms have to like figure out how to make their own worms because they can't afford one like <laughs> talk about people who are swinging like cinder blocks in the middle of the jungle right. seriously like right there's a lot a lot of those people who got to games last year who were so stoked to represent their country and didn't care that they were going to be eliminated like they didn't care that people were shitting on them online for like i can't believe that the 75,000th fittest person from wherever is going to go to games like they were just happy that this is a global event they get to represent and i thought that was really cool that got me really fired up um so i didn't have a chance to meet a lot of those people but i would really like to and have the opportunity to tell some of their stories Cool. Yeah. So we're just going to ask you a couple of fun questions to kind of wrap it up. And okay. um, we actually have a lot of questions, but we don't take a lot of your time. So maybe we'll, <laughs> we'll call you again sure. <laughs> and do a part totally. two. So I heard that you have very special dogs. I do. The best ones in the world. Well, I have a, I have a pretty great one too, but let's hear about okay. your dogs. Tell- so what uh, are your dogs? About my dogs? Um, so, um, the dogs are Ollivander and Gryffindor. Um, <laughs> Love it. Because we're super nerds in this house. That's awesome. <laughs> Very Harry Potter. Yes. We we are the they are the Harry Potter dogs and we're the Harry Potter family. Um yeah, my husband and I are, are big like fantasy nerds, so Harry Potter is is life. But um Ollie they're both Bernie's Mountain dogs. Okay. Um Ollie is he's an old boy now. He's six, he'll be seven this year. And Griff we just got um a few months ago. So he's coming up on five months and already sixty five pounds. So wow. Lord help me. Right. <laughs> wow. That's why you crossfit so you can move your dogs and if you need to literally right? I don't <laughs> know what I would do if I didn't like I don't know how I get him in and out of the back of my Jeep. Right? Yeah. True. There's no, I don't, would need a ramp, like a doggy ramp. So, um, so just to, to lend into the nerd side, uh, mm-hmm. my wife and I were such big Harry Potter fans that we would order the book and it would come in and we would fight over who got to read it first. Oh, oh so, we have so, two copies. <laughs> so we would read it to each other. And so eat like would lie in bed and read the book to each other. And I got really good at the voices. Oh, oh my God. Really? Yes. <laughs> I'm I learning so that. much already in this podcast. <laughs> oh my God. You should have a podcast where you just read the voices. <laughs> uh, Amy is shaking her head. No, please no, no. please no. <laughs> 
I love that. No, we would have two copies of the books. I mean, we used to dress up for like the movie releases. Back in the day when I was a kid, I would dress up for the book releases, like the midnight ones. So I'm a super nerd in that respect. Um, yeah, yeah. We actually just got rid of one of our sets. We were like, you know, moving and going through. We have so many books we don't read anymore. So we kept one full set of everything and got rid of all of our duplicates. Okay, so just a couple more quick questions. Uh, mm -hmm. So what is your favorite CrossFit movement? And what is your least favorite CrossFit, CrossFit movement? I love power cleans and I hate thrusters. <laughs> I take no time at all. Right. <laughs> if you're in a tough, tough workout and you need that one song to come on to get you through, what's that song? Oh, man, there are so many good ones. Um, I love me some Lizzo these days. Right now, it's, it's like a Lizzo jam. Yeah. Pretty much anyone. But that changes with like the the pop culture temp times. And then finally, what is the one cheat meal you have to have when when you have your cheat meal? Okay, um, that's a good question. It's a great time to ask me too because I'm like <laughs> one week into my second round of RP and I have like. 30 carbs for the day. I'm like, how am I going to live? <laughs> right. Um, my one cheat, if I can only have one, can I have an entire box of donuts? Does that count as a meal? Sure. Yeah. D did you get a chance to try Ralph's donuts? We did. It was the first thing we did when we got to um, Cookville. It was awesome. Yeah, it, they were amazing. I actually did oh. a little mini podcast with them. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'll have to listen to it. Yeah, those butter twists were like, oh my God. I, I um, am, a, am a red velvet guy. The Ooh, red velvet okay. cream cheese was really good. Mm, I'm obsessed. I love donuts. We like can't have them in the house. Like, well, We have a problem. That's how I am with ice cream. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, that's why I don't have it. I can pass on ice cream. You know what I can't pass on if it's in the house is this is so lame. I'm kind of like a chocolate snob, but for some reason... Those little gold like Ferrero Rocher candies yeah. that you get like in the drugstore. <laughs> Those are pretty good. <laughs> I think because I ate them growing up like at my grandparents' house, so I'm like nostalgic about it. But like, I, if they're in the house, like they're gone. Like I eat them three at a time. You can't have less than three. And around, <laughs> around Christmas, people get me like big gift sets of. Oh no! no. Like, oh no! What am I gonna do? <laughs> I have to eat all of these right now. Excuse me. <laughs> Well, we want to thank you very much for taking some time with us. Um, yeah, of course. And again, I, I, I have a lot more questions to ask you, so maybe we'll do a part two at another time. Yeah, totally. Um, and so thank you very much. It was nice talking with you, Nikki. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Let's do this again, for sure. Definitely. All right, thank you. Bye. Wow, that was great to talk to Nikki. You know, she has so much experience at the games and um, as a media member in the games and now with so many different roles around, uh, it's, it was just great to talk to her. And so now we're going to wrap up this week's podcast with the best thing we saw on the internet, which we always do. And so I'm going to head over to Charlie. Um, yeah. So mine was, you know, based on our last uh, podcast with uh, Christy O'Connell, um, went back and looked at all the vlogs that her and, and Patrick have been doing, and I think uh, they have some great information. I mean, it goes into depth from nutrition to sleep to what they're doing on a Tuesday at 5 o'clock. I mean, there's, there's a lot involved in, in that vlog, and, you know, catching up on those, I think it was it was good for me to see, you know, just after meeting her and then seeing that, how, how great of a, a couple that they are. And, and what's great about the vlog is it's – not only informational but it's fun yeah like there's a mix of fun we're having a goofy time yeah. on a tuesday morning to um to the the stuff you talked about nutrition meal prep uh you know their latest one was home gym how yeah. to set up a home gym um things like that yeah, so, what you need what you don't need and she is uh kind of strong yes she is for a small small woman yes. she she can lift some weight yes and so, Amy, no? You ready? Yeah. So my, the, my favorite thing that I've seen on uh, uh, social media this weekend was uh, the Dolly Parton Challenge. 
I don't know if you guys have seen the Dolly Parton challenge, but um, it's where she posted a picture of her, what uh, her LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, account would look like her Facebook, Instagram and Tinder. And so uh, just kind of like looking at some of the, what some of the athletes have um, done with that um, and make wads great again, adding uh, like Patrick Vellner on there. Um, not totally CrossFit related, but um since we're here in the hometown of the Buckeyes, um, I follow um, some of the Buckeyes. And there was uh, with our coach, Ryan Day, and there was one with him doing, you know, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. <laughs> and that was hilarious. Um, it was more like he was dancing and celebrating after um, a game, but it was just kind of fun to watch. And so my favorite thing from the internet I do have to admit the Patrick Vellner one <laughs> what did make me laugh pretty hard. Um, my favorite thing from the internet this week uh, was two things, and that I always have two things, don't I? Yeah, you do. Uh, was Tia and Shane uh, sled riding for the first time with the Buttery Bros, mm-hmm. and they were sled riding on a an inflatable unicorn, uh, which was pretty cool. They went out to Utah uh, yeah. with the Buttery Bros and did that. That was awesome. And then the so check that out. Check out the Buttery Bros. They're always a good time. Always fun to watch. And then secondly, uh, I just listened to the podcast uh, talking elite fitness, talking with friends. Danielle Brandon, uh, one of our favorites here. Yep. Uh, her interview was really really good. Yes. Um, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's definitely worth a listen. It's about forty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you want to check that out. Uh, talking elite fitness fitness with friends her dog's name is charlie so she uh, definitely (laughs) wants to be my friend clearly definitely (laughs) uh and so with that we are going to wrap up this week's edition of the clydesdale crossfitter and friends and we'll see you next time later see ya sleep Thank you for joining us on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends. We are available on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Please, if you liked what you just heard, hit that subscribe button and consider giving us a five-star rating. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Clydesdale CrossFitter and Friends.